What's up, guys? This is BC Mitten Dire Night Gaming here for another round of Podcast Madness. Today's episode is the Netflix series You, which was once a part of Lifetime. Lifetime decided to get to drop it pretty much because uh, it was too risque for their taste. You would think that for a television channel that did a bunch of stuff uh, concerning adultery, uh, murder, all that kind of stuff. Heck, there's even been some, you know, some sex and violence, alcohol, drugs, the whole shebang. You would think that a series like you would kind of fit their stick, but apparently it doesn't. Hey, what is Lifetime's loss is Netflix's gain, and that's actually kind of perfect, because Netflix can show it as it's intended to be according to the books. Well, you know, I've never read the books, but after watching the TV show, you know, the first season, I'm pretty darn curious about it myself. But anywho, this ain't about the books. This is about the show. Now, it stars Penn Bagley as Joe Goldberg, Elizabeth Lale as Miss Guinevere Beck, Shay Mitchell as Peach Salinger, and Zach Cherry as Ethan, the bookstore associate, just to name a few. Now, you may recognize two of those names. Shay Mitchell was one of the leading ladies of the ABC Family Show, Pretty Little Liars. And Penn Bagley, he was a part of Gossip Girl. Now, I will not lie. Um, when it came to Gossip Girl, I kind of saw that as a chick flick type of TV show. And, you know, for the most part, it kind of is. You know, but my wife was watching it one day. It was about last year. And I caught a couple episodes. And, you know, I was just like, eh, this is kind of cheesy. But then, the more I started watching it, the more I was interested. Pen has been in some other shows that I had watched with him in it before. And I enjoyed. I enjoyed him. He's a terrific actor. And in Gossip Girl... He is one of the best actors in that show. He is he is the reason that I kept watching it. And so, you know, with him being the main character, Joe Goldberg, Mr. Psycho Obsessive Bookstore Manager that on the outside he looks mild-mannered and just, you know, a real... Hardcore, romantic, and go-getter. Uh, he definitely uh, has a dark side. I will say that. Now, you have a 91% score on Rotten Tomatoes. Guys, I gotta, I gotta say, Rotten Tomatoes, they are a lot of things. And one of the, one of the most consistent facts about Rotten Tomatoes is... They don't hand out good scores to good shows or movies very often. It is awesome that Rotten Tomatoes thinks that 
this is a good show. Because it is a good show. It is very compelling. It's very thought-provoking. It it blows your mind. And it, it messes with you half the time. Because you're just like, what the heck is going on here? But it works. You wouldn't think it works, but it works. So, then you got Internet, Internet Movie Database. Or IMDB. They gave it an 8.1 out of 10. You know, that's still a really good score. It ain't no 9 out of 10, but it's still a good score. It's better than average. And, you know, in my humble opinion, that is definitely true. My personal belief is this show deserves a 9 out of 10 because, yeah, it's convoluted in some ways and it's very stupid at some point, which I will... I will get to that in just a few. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, the premise is that mild-mannered, quote-unquote, Joe Goldberg, bookstore manager, is working one day, and this creme de la creme, stereotypical, you know, pretty girl blonde walks into the store and he's just his first thought is pretty much wow what is a girl like that doing in my store and right away you kind of get the sense that you know you almost you almost want to feel sorry for him and you know why wouldn't you you know you unfortunately don't think too often that a bookstore manager can you know, land someone like that, because, you know, how much money can a bookstore manager actually bring in, right, that can actually keep someone like that satisfied, no, that is not my personal belief, that is the stereotype that society tends to put on there, on, on, on us as men, and then, of course, as, as, uh, you know, the females, now, they they have you know the small talk and everything and it's awkward you can kind of you kind of get the sense that you know she feels some level of attraction to him you know she's shy um and then of course you can tell he's attracted to her because this show uh lets you hear his innermost thoughts and stuff like that so you know he he's talking about how pretty she is how beautiful she is how you know how uh, a man would be lucky to have her and how he should have her pretty much. And uh, so next thing you know, Guinevere Beck is swiping her card and he gets to see her name, all that kind of stuff. And my my immediate thought was, okay, so he has her info. What is he going to do with that? And it's kind of a creepy, creepy way to think if you think about it. Because it's like, oh crap, this dude can track her down. You know, what kind of show is this going to be? Is this going to be one of those, you know, he by like the fifth episode, he's going to like cut her head off or something? I mean, I didn't know what to expect with this show. I didn't know that there was going to be a bunch of different things happening that would lead to the final episode of the season. And let me tell you, that episode was mind-blowing to me. And especially 
the penultimate episode, which is the second to last episode of season one, the way it, like, literally the end of that was just, it was crazy. I definitely did not know how to feel, what to expect about that. But I will get to that. Now, Carter swiped. He sees the information. They have, you know, this awkward, cutesy small talk about, you know, her name and everything. And she tells him that she don't like to go by Guinevere, that, you know, everybody calls her Beck. So, you know, he's like, okay, Beck, see you later. You know, they they smile at each other. You know, you can tell there's some, you know, some attraction going on there. She leaves. Well, before you know it, he's hopping on his phone. He's searching her. He figured out where she lives, everything. And she don't know it. But we do, as the viewers. And, of course, he does. He shows up outside her apartment. And one of the first things that he sees is her getting out of the shower and she's naked. And in almost typical Netflix fashion or, you know, any kind of show that has, uh, you know, a mature rating, usually the first between one to three of the first episodes of a season usually has, you know, heavy sex or nudity or whatever, and this this really didn't uh, do anything different. Uh, the difference was eventually he is standing there outside of her apartment, and he starts, you know, self-helping himself. Well, he has to stop because... Uh, he is startled by an elderly person trying to get out of their apartment, literally, on the other side of the doorway that he was standing at. Um, you would think that he would show some level of, I don't know, restraint or perhaps intelligence to not do something that dumb, uh, and so brazenly at that, um, but anyway, he, he pretty much stalks her, he, you know, figured out, uh, what she does during the day, uh, what kind of stuff she does at night, which is usually, you know, be with this abusive, uh, a-hole of a boyfriend, not boyfriend type of situation where he mistreats her, but she keeps going back to him, she keeps having sex with him, you know, all this other kind of stuff, and, you know, honestly, where this show is concerned, um, the recurring theme is obsession, um, you know, on, um, Joe's part, but (coughs) also on Peach Salinger's part, and, uh, they both, too, display a psychotic personality, Peach is very obsessive and needy, always requiring undevoted um, attention on all levels. She, you know, she forces all of her friends' hands, especially Bex, in trying to, you know, uh, stay around her, 
to the point where she fakes a suicide attempt just to get back to stay in her bedroom at night. Yes. Shay Mitchell's Peach Salinger character is, you know, is gay. Uh, they don't outright come out and say it, but she isn't with a man. She doesn't want to be with men, and she always consistently wants to be with Beck and only Beck to the point where she gets uh, Beck drugged up in one of the later episodes and tries to have sex with her. A threesome, but the dude was only there just to supply the drugs and make Beck feel, I guess, more at ease. So, when that didn't work, uh, Peach didn't like that. And at that point, you know, things were just coming to a head. And Joe ends up killing Peach. Of course, Peach made him work for it. That was the funny part. (coughs) Now, there's also a recurring theme of daddy issues. Because throughout, Beck is very distrusting. She doesn't... She doesn't know how to confront people. She doesn't know how... She doesn't even know how to come to terms with her own feelings more often than not. And that's, that is a disturbing part of her character because she keeps making these decisions that, that bring her into conflict at all times with whatever relationship she's in. And, you know, her and Joe actually do get together. They have this tempestuous relationship that is that is grounded on sexual appetite but also on their feelings for each other and the fact that joe does not stop spying on her to the point where he is constantly looking at her texts from her phone whatever she's doing tracks her down to make sure she is where she says she is and and so on and so forth the list goes on so the obsessive track record that that joe has does not end when they're together and that you know i i for one thought that it was going to change it was just going to be like well peach you know does something that breaks them up, and boom, you know, that's it. Well, (laughs) the thing about it is, um, when Peach is killed, Joe and Beck actually break up, because Joe does the honorable thing and gives her, like, plenty of time to, you know, plenty of space to, to mourn and to heal and all that, and Beck just pushes them away. And so they break up. But eventually Beck takes on an, a somewhat obsessive uh, trait. And causes Joe to end up breaking things off with his rebound girlfriend. And then him and Beck get back together. Well, unfortunately, the second go-around does not go well. And, unfortunately, it kind of makes you, makes me ask the question, was Joe Goldberg psychotic or was he just desperate? I think he was a little bit of both. He was so desperate to find someone to love him, 
to find anyone that loved him that he clung on to the first person that showed him any kind of loving and attracted and sexual um exp- you know looks or attention or appreciation and joe clung to that and on the other hand, he's also psychotic because he, he was so obsessive. He has control issues. He, you know, was constant. Like, he murdered people for crying out loud. He murdered them to keep them away from Beck, to make Beck all his, but tried to justify it by saying, well, you know, Peach could have hurt her. You know, uh, the, uh, the abusive, uh, boyfriend that mistreated her that she kept going back to he killed him too well his justification behind that was well you know he definitely protected her from him because of the fact that you know he he didn't give a crap about her didn't love her was using her and so he you know he just uh did beck a favor by doing that pretty much well um unfortunately it winds up leading to an unfortunate circumstance that happens because Beck discovers, of all things, her old phone that Joe had been using all season to keep tabs on her and to read her texts and figure out what she was up to. And <clears throat> one thing that kind of irked me about all of this is that Joe is kind of an idiot. And this show apparently allows idiots to prosper. Because never in all the time that he breaks into Peach's house... uh breaks into Peach's, uh, you know, getaway home where she winds up, you know, in that confrontation in the end that causes her to get killed, Um, and Beck's home, did Joe ever wear gloves? His fingerprints are everywhere. I mean, for crying out loud, they live in New York City. New York City is a place known for crime. Police officers know how to check fingerprints, but yet they don't do it. Like, it takes all season, apparently, for anybody to exhibit any kind of, oh, hey, hold on, you know, maybe we need to check something here. (coughs) And, you know, the funny thing for me is that... The episode where Peach is killed and Joe is inside that house. Nobody knows it until after Beck leaves. Peach discovers that Joe is there because Joe is having hallucinations. He had a he suffered a concussion from getting into a car wreck. So his head was banged up pretty bad. And he was seeing hallucinations of his a uh, previous girlfriend before back. More on that in just a few. Well, 
they confront each other and you know she had the gun he ended up taking the gun away from her and he shoots her dead well instead of making sure that things are scrubbed properly in the home he leaves you know you would think that that would be you know a-okay but the problem with that is he had to go to the bathroom while Beck was there. And he peed in a mason jar. And then proceeded to put the mason jar back where he found it. With his urine still inside it. <coughs> so, like I said, logic is not uh, not very present in this show. Because if it was... Joe would have been busted a long time ago. So, they must be saving this big revelation that he's done all this, um, you know, in season two. Which, by the way, surprise, Netflix is going to do a season two of you. Which, I'm actually kind of happy about that because of the way that they ended season one. (coughs) Season one ends with Joe killing Guinevere Beck because Beck after she discovers the phone and uh, realizes that he killed her uh, ex-boyfriend and killed Peach he you know he's sitting there he's trying to justify he goes through the whole thing of you know trying to protect you all that kind of stuff well that doesn't that still doesn't sit well with her Obviously, anyone of sound mind and sanity, even someone like Beck, who more often than not didn't seem of sound mind or sanity, um, or good conscious for that matter, even someone like her would be like, whoa, red flags, you know, uh, you can't be doing that, I don't want to be with you, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she plays him like a fiddle. Tries to knock him out. Seemed like, you know, it was going to work. And then... (coughs) When she's trying to escape the bookstore basement. Which was uh, Joe's personal little isolation chamber, so to speak. He grabs her. And before you know it, you find out that he killed her. It doesn't show it. It just... You know, you snap to another scene, and he is burying Guinevere Beck in front of the house of the therapist that she was seeing. And, uh, you know, it is implied that they slept together, but, you know, uh, that kind of remains to be seen. Um, but my my personal opinion is... There was most definitely something going on there. Um, so the most shocking twist outside of Beck being killed, I didn't think that was going to happen. I really did not. But when she discovered the phone and confronted him and things didn't really go well, uh, I kind of thought that that was the way it was going to go down. Because if there, cause the show was just too good for me to believe that there was not going to be a second season. 
So it had to go on somehow. And there was no way that it could go on with Joe being in jail or being killed. Um, so the other shocking twist was the fact that Candace, Joe's ex-girlfriend, pops up in the bookstore. And that's how season one ends. Mind blown, because the entire time throughout season one, you're thinking Joe killed her. Just by the way he talked about her and how he was very evasive and vague. (coughs) Nobody seemed to know where the crap she was. So everybody had their own little theories and everything. But, you know, even I thought that Candace was killed off. So... If you're thinking about watching you, formerly of Lifetime and now of Netflix, then I would definitely recommend it because it is is a very thought-provoking, very compelling show, and it's very entertaining. So if you like murder mysteries, if you like uh, romance, if you like creepy drama and... Um, you know, some funny moments and just, uh, you know, the whole nine. If you like any of that stuff, then this is the show for you. So, honestly, when it comes right down to it, this show is definitely one of the more quality uh, television shows out there right now and I mean it had a good cast to it you know and I mean Penn Bagley definitely his acting skills has improved and you know I didn't know much about I didn't know anything about um Elizabeth Lale who played Guinevere Beck and Shay Mitchell you know the only thing I knew about her was that she was in Pretty Little Liars you know that was about it um so this wraps it up for BC Mittens Podcast Madness. So, next time I should be talking about The Magicians Season 3. That was a heck of a season, but we ain't talking about that right now. We're going to save it for the next time. This has been BC Mittens Dire Night Gaming. Thank you and have a good night.